Hello, my friends. Welcome to Deeper Than Dating, the best place for singles to uplevel their lives and take advantage of their single time. I'm your host, Sarah Mack, breakup and relationship coach, and I'm here to guide you to uplevel and upgrade your single life by building a deeper connection with yourself. I'm on a mission to help millennials take advantage of their single time so they can get over their past, stop settling in life, attract better relationships, and have fun while being single. On Deeper Than Dating, we will explore topics of self-development, psychology of love, relationships, and breakups, mindset, spirituality, and manifestation in order to deepen the relationship with ourselves, which is truly the secret to deeper dating. Whether you find yourself still trying to get over your ex, questioning all your relationship decisions, desiring a more fulfilling single life, or chasing your next relationship, this is the place to be. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey because the answer will be the same. Dig deeper into your connection with yourself in order to attract a better life and level up. It's not about dating. It's not about the breakup. It's not about your future. It's always deeper. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Deeper Than Dating. On this week's episode, we have Evan Cudworth, who is the world's first party coach. Evan is a motivational speaker, social wellness coach, and joy advocate. He encourages his clients and followers to have the best time possible. So today we're talking all about bringing more joy into your life, overcoming social anxiety, navigating the social world if you're sober or sober curious, and how to truly have the best time possible. And when I found Evan online, I was so excited looking at his whole brand, his whole vibe, because there's such a huge intersection with my brand, my vibe, and what we talk about here, which is really learning how to just fall in love with your life, grow yourself, enjoy your single time. And so we're going to dig into that a little bit more. And welcome, Evan. Sarah, thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. I love what you just talking about, you know, fall in love with your life. Um, the word party, actually, if you look up sort of the etymology and background of it, simply means to enjoy oneself. I think somewhere along the lines, you know, party for me became like, oh, I'm going to go on a three-day bender, <laughs> you know, yeah. or that's what party became to me. But it's the simplest form. Party means enjoy oneself. And you can party by yourself if you're enjoying yourself. Parties are a lot better when you're connecting and when you do the hard work to connect with other people, that becomes easier over time. But that you bring joy in your own life, that's my favorite thing to talk about. And can't wait to dive in deeper with you. Yeah, I love that. And I know everyone's going to be very curious as to how you became the party coach. So why don't we start there? Give us your your background and your story of where you are and how you came to where you are. Heck yes. Well, so first of all, everyone imagine your like best dance floor moment, right? Close your eyes and think back. Maybe it was a wedding. Maybe it was your high school dance. Maybe it was last weekend when karaoke was happening and you feel like you just feel invincible for a couple seconds, right? Maybe music's on, but that anxiety of of feeling like you connected, there's something about like being in that moment. A best party is just being in the moment. Like when I found that, when I was, I didn't find it till I went to college really and like joined a fraternity and we would, you know, like be drinking all night and then we'd kick the girls out and we would start playing Journey and then start playing Disney songs. And we'd be singing like the Lion King, like all like holding each other's shoulders and just like dancing and enjoying being with each other as bros, you know? And that moment, like that to me is what it means to be human, uh, is to like be in a ritual, be in the moment with other humans and just being enjoying ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so anyone who's listening, just like keep that feeling in mind as you listen to this podcast, because that's what I mean when I say have the best time possible. Because every time we step into a party or step into a happy hour or step into our friends, like we're bringing anxieties, expectations, past bad relationships. We're bringing a lot of baggage. 
into these into these events and parties shouldn't erase that right thinking about this concept of toxic positivity like think like good vibes only that's not what i'm about i'm not about forget the bad times and 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 just be the good but how do you authentically share both the pain and joy of like being in the moment with other people that's what i always wanted to recreate how did i become a party coach in the depths of covid when we were all trying to connect via zoom and i was on a dance party and i had tequila and beer and everything and i was just like drunk and closing my computer and being alone and sitting drunk and alone like not connecting with people and not feeling like i was having those moments i was like this is a pro- this is a really big pro- this is going to be a really big problem people are not going to really know how to connect when we go back into the world and the whole past 10 to 15 years of my life working in raves and music and nightlife and realizing that like alcohol and drugs were not working the way they used to for me i was like i know lots of people have tried to solve this problem and have a lot more knowledge than i do but i'm just going to try to use my experiences of what i've learned along the way to help other people get into those moments and connect in this like new world that we have here. So did, did you have like one aha moment? It's like, you realize, okay, you, you close your laptop, you were drunk and you were alone. Right. Was <laughs> yeah. that like this turning point where you're like, this is a problem. This needs to be changed. Yes. And I think specifically too, I think I tried to make a TikTok, and it was me like dancing, like, in, I turned on a shower and I was like, had cold water on me and I was like trying to be cool. And I was just like reaching out for any kind of connection, but being so desperate for validation that nobody was going to want to connect with what I was in that shower. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was just, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, but I remember looking at that video and thinking like, this is not the, per- like nobody would want to connect with this kind of a person. There's vulnerability that's good to connect with, but this is not that type of vulnerability. Um, this is like desperate or confused or yeah, just like had not had, wasn't actually open to connection, just wanted something like, like, you know, that instant in that moment. But I'd also been inspired and seen, been exposed to people that were doing work in wellness spaces and hosting events and hosting more intentional festivals or doing breath work or, uh, creating experiences that I had been maybe a little closed off to, but I, I could feel that something authentic was there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, when I was very resistant to these things, when I was stuck in sort of my old way of doing things, of pregame with my friends, going to a nightclub, dancing till 6 a.m., rinse and repeat every weekend, you know, how do I talk to people that are in that cycle or who are coming out of that cycle and find a way for them to plug into something that makes sense for them that isn't too woo-woo, that doesn't feel like sitting and meditating for four hours and that's the only way to, to clear out your mind. <laughs> yeah. But how do we like maybe do that together and do it yeah. in a way that is high vibe but not uh, inaccessible? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have so many questions because... First of all, okay, you had that experience. The party coach, was that born in that moment? And what was the journey like? Because I know you became sober. And yeah, what what what's, what has your journey been since then to grow that, to grow your brand that really seems to be taking off? It's so needed. And I think people are really realizing that. Um, for me personally, I pretty much stopped drinking when COVID hit. I was like, oh, I don't have to be social. This is a great time to not drink and to cleanse and to detox. And of course, I realized how amazing I felt. And so I went through months at a time. Not that I I didn't have an issue with drinking. I just realized I was sick of feeling like shit after. And building a business, I want to be as clear-headed, emotionally, like, in in tune as possible, especially like for my clients. And I but I have cut myself off from the social life that I used to have. Like, I don't want to go out as much. I don't want to go spend money and go out to a fancy dinner. Um, So yeah, I turned to breathwork meditation. Um, So like, there's so much coming to my mind. 
And I, yeah, I want to know what your journey has been, been like on since that day and um, how you really started incorporating joy, these joyful, yeah, like the joyful moments, like there's nothing I love more than karaoke, but I've been drunk every time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I guess and that would be, let's, let's get clear on what these emotions are when we step back into these social situations, maybe without the alcohol. What, what did that feel like for you when you, when you tried to step back into those places? Like what was joyful for you and what was it? Oh, you're turning into a coaching session. Just, <laughs> um, um, you mean, okay. So like when I would go out and be in and be sober in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So I found after like more recently last year, I went three months without drinking. I think that was my longest time. And then I found that I was just so happy to be around people. Mm-hmm. Like I got the joy that I was lit up around being around people that I love. Um, whereas before it was like, oh, this would be so much better with like a glass of wine. And um, so it took a couple months where I did feel that shift. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, no, that's good. So I guess that idea that to consume something is then going to unlock some sort of connection or something that we couldn't have without consuming, Mm. that really unlocked something for me because I had actually experienced in the past amazing times without consuming first. I actually, the first tried, I got about seven months of sobriety in 2018 and I went to Burning Man fully sober and I did the mm-hmm. full week like in extreme joy, like best week of my life, like extreme joy, um, con- like connecting with people. But like when I was burned out, I was burned out and I'd go sleep. And when I was excited and awake, I'd be awake, but I wasn't trying like, looking on past years, I would be like, oh, I really want to be there for this like set in the morning. Therefore, I need to drink this much here. I'm going to take my Molly here. I'm going to then like do this amount of mushrooms and like controlling Mm -hmm. how my emotions and body would feel using things that I was consuming Mm -hmm. to get me into that place. And as you're young, that feels like power right? It's like, oh, I can control these things in my life. This is awesome. This is, thank you, God, for sending me these um, tools that allow me to experience more of your grand creation and connection, right? Yeah. And then, you know, once you step, take a step back, you realize, okay, yes, that is possible, but am I actually in control and do I have power if I need that glass of wine to step up into karaoke, Right. And so what I do a lot of work and thinking about, and listen, I still, this is something I struggle with every single time that I go out is like, I want caffeine. I want, like, I want, so I want to consume something before mm-hmm. I can, do, so I can do things on my terms, but I need something exterior inside of it. So yeah. the, you know, like the karaoke question is, okay, how do we, get ourselves and train ourselves that we can feel like that moment of dancing. So it feels like our favorite song is on and we can step into that place and channel that natural joy. Yeah. And then oftentimes, actually, if you do that first and then you have a, you say your song and then you go have a glass of wine, like you're going to have a 10 times better night simply by recircuiting and retraining your brain that you are enough by yourself. And I think this is a core, like, practice of what you talk about in falling in love with yourself and falling in love with with who you are it's a lot of us somewhere along the way and this happened with me for me it was tequila and cocaine you know it was like i along the line i crossed some invisible line where those things became the portal for me to become the person that everyone else wanted to see and i yeah it's just like I, I got lost in it and it wasn't as fun to enjoy other things. A definition of addiction that I really like, a de- a one definition of addiction that I like is a narrowing of things that bring us joy. So this oftentimes it can like dovetail into a, a substance or some sort of a thing. But, you know, 
I listen, I even noticed it. I'll even talk with caffeine, right? Like there's times in my day, I was like, I wake up and I'm energized and I'm ready. I'm going to go teach yoga. But I was like, mm, if I had caffeine, it would really make this feel a lot better. I'd really be in that space. And I'm not, I'm not allowing myself to feel the natural joy that I'm there because mm -hmm. there's some sort of a thing that I think that I need before I can get to that place. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very loose definition of what that is. But I think a lot of us get caught in our social situations around these subconscious things that are happening in our brain that say, I need this thing to get that thing. And party coaching is simply opening up and saying, what if a best time is possible without that? Mm -hmm. Yes. And we don't experience that natural high easily in the way our society is set up and the Correct. way where it's built because we turn you know in high school we should probably start drinking or we turn 21 and that's the time when we can get alcohol and it's so fun and exciting and then we never are taught the tools of like oh we actually have this internal source of joy that we can experience if we tap into it which is a whole other practice so it's like yeah it's totally shifting everything we've ever known yeah where have you so yeah how do you tap into that natural joy for you now what is like a weekly or monthly practice look like that for you now so this is something i've been i have been thinking a lot about recently is i i love joe to spend his just spends his work and I'm really like really getting deep into into that because I've realized okay I've always dealt with anxiety and mm -hmm. it's coming up a lot this week but I know that's not my natural state that's a defense mechanism some sort of protection that I learned as a child so I'm really trying to overcome that so really like I have to get out of my head like so breath work meditation and dance yeah but I'm but yeah I want to know what you have to say I want to like well, I, what do you recommend <laughs> I love well I, what I was looking for actually I have this book an Alan Watts book right here who's I think an intellectual precursor yeah. to yeah, Spenza and a lot of our people and has almost been you know if you spend time with like the Burning Man community there's all these like melodic house tracks with like Alan Watts speaking over the background but he was brilliant and one of my favorite quotes of him that I drop every time I'm on a podcast is our natural state is extent wonder. We should not settle for anything less. Mm -hmm. And I really like that quote because it reminds me that when I was sober at Burning Man, when I'm like doing a yoga class and a hot yoga class and I look around and we're we're all in warrior three and we're sweating our faces off and i see that like sweat drip off of people and like i laugh and somebody else laughs and we're all laughing together that our natural state is this like wonder of like we're in these bodies and we're having this experience and like it's so natural there right mm -hmm. and i recorded this little thing last night i was walking along the beach and i like my best acid trips and mushroom trips I would always travel backwards in time like I would see people I would see footprints on the beach and I would imagine all the people who had walked before me um like experiencing joy of the ocean like the first person who like walked out and saw the ocean and I was like I'm there and I'm connected to psychedelics and consuming gave me those experiences which are beautiful yeah. and I have nothing but good things to say about those and yet like Maybe that person, like, did I need to, oh, do I always need to consume to get to that state of ecstatic wonder? No, I have that in me. Mm -hmm. And I really struggle with whether I talk about this as like, it's easy to get there. Like everyone could do it. Or it's like, this is really, really hard. And like, if you're, if you're somebody who's, who's like not used to doing this, you're in for like a world of like pain and, and until you get to the place where that's possible for you, because 
I think both are true. You know, it, mm -hmm. at the same time, it's really easy to tap into this. But if you have conditioned your mind and body and society's conditioned your mind and body and energy to be in a consumer mode, breaking out of that, you know, people out there don't talk about breaking out of the matrix. Like, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about here um, is – this is possible for everyone to experience, but your way to find that portal and to step into it um, is probably going to take some work and, it's, and some letting go of some things that like felt feel very, very true to you right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like there has to be a, a correlation with someone who even wants to go down that road has probably had addiction issues or um, deals with bad anxiety, depression, because there's a lot of people who are just like, Oh, I'm no, I'm good. You know, I'll drink every week. I'll have a beer every night. I'll drink every weekend. It would have no interest in even exploring these avenues. Yes. And then, and then I'm wondering too, with like, Oh, if you have tried uh, psychedelics or any drugs and you kind of get a little taste of it. And then you're like, you get to a point where you're sick of, you know, the come down, the after effects, and you want to experience it naturally. So that's a different motivation. Um, do you do you see a correlation with like the people you work with? Definitely. And yeah, just opening up that anxiety piece together. You know, this is I I have a lot more work to do as a coach of like really diving into what is like like true, you know, clinical, like diagnosed anxiety is a little different from what I'm talking about and what I think a lot of us experience. But, you know, one of the things I learned when I stopped drinking was I'm a super anxious person and nobody would have defined me. Like I was at every, I was at a party and a rave years, you know, and I don't think anyone would have described me as that. And yet mm -hmm. when I took some of these consumption things away, that anxiety really filled that place. Mm. But one of the things I like to work with with clients is again this is another phrase i use your happiness or you can your joy is the proximity of your expectations to your reality and anxiety is essentially us throwing expectations out there of some future even if it's five seconds or five minutes in the future of thinking what are people thinking about me? You know, what am I going to say? Who, what impression am I going to make? All of these things are expectations that we're throwing out into the world without like matching our reality into that place. And one of the things that I practice very regularly now is setting short-term intentions for almost every social interaction that I have. So even before I came onto this podcast, I just write down, I like wrote down two or three little things of like, I want to feel connected to Sarah during this podcast, right? When I get done with the podcast, I want to feel like I didn't just talk about myself, but I asked her questions and I like talked about client, like talked about things outside of my own experience. I think about next week when I look back and listen to this podcast, I want to feel like I spoke clearly. So mm -hmm. simply setting those little intentions for myself and they're not promises, I very oftentimes break my expectations, but what it does is allow my brain to anchor into my, the reality that's coming out in front of me is a joyful possibility, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't always have to live up to these imagined expectations of what the future is. Does that make sense? <laughs> that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what Joe Dispenza's yeah. work is about. It's yes. like we're... We, we are creating our future based off of the memories that we have in the past. So if we have this prediction that, you know, our, we've always shown up in a certain way in the past, then our brain is, is protecting us by predicting a future. And so we have to get out of that. We have to get ahead of it. So exactly what you just said of setting that intention of how you want the future to go. Yes. Uh, what else? What yeah. else do you do? Well, so, you know, I want to talk about maybe even, yeah, a client here that I, that I worked with that you, I, I think I would like to be more of a typical client, but I think is somebody that wouldn't normally be open to this type of work was a, you know, kind of a 
festival bro type person who is like going out and like at these festivals, but was noticing that when he was trying to approach girls or talk to girls, like was constantly jealous of other people that were very outgoing and like very like stepping into these types of places. Right. And what we, long story short, when we started on pack, I was like, okay, but like, what do you actually want when you go out and he started listing off all these things he's like well like I'm, i want to network with my work i want to be with my boys i want to listen to music i want to talk to girls i, want to, I was like okay like how many things like when you go to do a, a task at work how many priorities can you get done in 30 minutes and he's like well mm -hmm. just one usually i was like well great like what if your expectations for every night that you have going out are like constantly cluttering up what is actually possible for you in this moment and you're not allowing yourself to have the best time possible because you've just never given the attention to what the best time possible looks like for you i was like next time you go out what if you just concentrate on being with the boys <laughs> you know and just focus on that and he's like okay great give this a shot does that he comes back the next week. He's like, yo, I talked to so many girls. Like all of this was coming through. He was like, when I was just like in that space, I, I saw somebody, I was able to have this conversation and simply allowing himself to not be in that want or like consume or like wanting that thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these things open up for us, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And then even the week after he was like, oh, and then the week after that, it was just with the boys and the music. And I was in that space. And I wasn't even thinking about this ulterior thing that I wanted to. So it's you know it sounds so simple yeah <laughs> but like bringing intentionality into our social life um can be really liberating but i think a lot of us are very resistant to it because it feels like work or it feels like another task it feels like we're taking the fun out of it because we're planning what should be a vacation but the goal is, and why I call this, you know, this brand that I'm building, Party Coach, or Feel Like Dancing, which is this idea I want to keep coming back to, is ultimately with a little bit of training, this intentionality becomes second nature. I don't think about it as much anymore, and mm -hmm. I'm able to just turn that on. I call it a one-step mindset. It's like as soon as I take a step and I'm dancing, boom, I'm in the moment, and I'm like, what do I want to experience right here and right now? Yeah. Okay. Because what's coming to my mind is like people talk about affirmations, you know, but that doesn't matter if you're not feeling it inside. Like you, we really have to shift how we're feeling inside. Like if we feel joy, that's when we're going to attract more joy. So how can you help someone get past that? Like the almost like fake it till you make it like, you know, we're faking these intentions, but we don't trust that it's going to happen. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you transitioned to this. This is my favorite thing to talk about. So <laughs> I, again, I saw some, again, another great quote, but it's like, you know, affirmations basically like don't do shit. What builds confidence is irrefutable proof that you are enough, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we gather that proof? Yeah. This is where I think party coaching is like, why is no, not everybody doing this? Like we sit in our therapist's office and therapy is amazing and great. I've got so much work in therapy, but it's like, they tell you to go off like, into the world and there's no like follow up. Like, what are you doing in this space? Yeah, How are you getting yeah. this? And like, I've done cognitive behavioral and I've done those things, but it's like, actually as a party coach, I'm like, no, you're, so I, I will tell people, you're going to go out to a bar and you're going to find three people or five people that look anxious and you're going to approach them and you're going to be like, Yo, how you feel like, do you want to feel less anxious together? Let's do it. Let's go dance, right? It's giving yourself the the practice and the proof mm -hmm. of that when you get out of your own head and you create these experiences for other people and you start to see it happen in them, then you know that you are capable of bringing those feelings to yourself. So yeah. this for me, you know, in sobriety and in places looked like I was like, I'm going to go to five raves in a month and I'm going to go fully sober. And the first two to three were like pretty rough. And there was moments where I was faking it till I making it, but I was not pretending that I was having a good time. I would literally go sit in the back and some, and, or I would literally pull someone aside and I'd be like, yo, can I talk to you about something? And they're like, yeah, what's up? I was like, 
this is my like second sober rave and I'm miserable right now. And they're like, <laughs> no freaking way. Heck yes. Let's go talk about it. Right. Aww, and like yeah. they, and people want, people were curious and they talked about it. They're like, yo, I felt this way too. Right. So not trying to hide like affirmations for me have never really worked great because yeah, it feels like toxic positivity. It feels like I'm yeah. making something not true and simply admitting that they're not having a good time. You can't, and you can't be, like truly depressed and just complaining out to the world, right? Like you, you have to find a for it and like contain it, but being authentic in that space, then feeling your energy shift as you share, that gives you proof that a different feeling is possible. And then now I'm able to step back into those places and raves. And my buddy Rinzen is this LA DJ. He's also doesn't drink. And I show up to his shows at 11 o'clock and we're still on the dance floor at 6 a.m. And we're vibing. And we're like the last two on the dance floor, right? Yeah. And like, that's all I wanted. You know, that's all I wanted out of my life was still to like have that natural joy that that I saw other people getting from consuming. But I had to get irrefutable proof that it was possible for me. And yes, that took time. But the same time way that like, if you expect results by stepping into a gym for the first time and like not knowing how to use the equipment, not knowing like not having a plan, not having everything. I think so many people try two or three times to go out without drinking or without doing these things and it doesn't work for them. They're like, well, that's not for me. Like, yeah, it could be for you. But yes, you've got to give this a chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the brain needs evidence to know yes. and to kind of build that momentum that, OK, I can do this. Um, and it, it is like a muscle. Everything's a muscle. The more you do it. Yes. So what is your vision for the future of your brand and this whole movement? Heck yes. So coming back to, uh, actual, well, let's revisit psychedelics one more time. So <laughs> at two years before I'd had that amazing sober burning man experience. I had a really difficult one in which I had this really tough psychedelic experience. At the end of it, I was like curled up like on the ground, just like roiling in like fear and anger and loneliness. And like, I was like in a really tough place in my life. There was grief. There was just a lot that was going on. But out of it, I wrote down in my journal this idea. I was like, I had this moment of connection when I was out there. I was like, I want, I had this vision that there was a million doors in the world and a million people behind those doors were having that same experience. You open up this podcast talking about people feeling lonely or, or feeling like they couldn't connect, but that as soon as you knock on that door and like open it up and say like, Hey, are you feeling the same thing? <laughs> I'm feeling it too. Right. That's what I had as this vision. I ca I called it my million doors vision of like, I want to just knock on a million doors and tell people, hey, like I've had these feelings too. It's okay if you're having these feelings uh, because everything up into my life, like probably should, I, I grew up in a loving family. Like every, for me at least, like, yeah, I have some traumas and things, but like a lot of this was caused just by being a human, you know, and there doesn't need to be anything wrong or anything done to you. If that is the case, like you validate that but like mm -hmm. you don't need a reason to feel these feelings of disconnection and loneliness yeah. all you need is a knock on the door that says i'm feeling these feelings too let's go dance <laughs> so feel like dancing and the vision for this future is the disconnection that anyone is feeling whether it's from covid whether it's polit you know politically how our country is you know, not talking to each other, addiction, how, you know, these substances bring us into isolation, that all of these things can be solved as we get on the dance floor, metaphorically and truly of life and say, hey, I'm having these feelings too. What is, what is our shared experience look like? How do we become the fraternity brothers holding our arms, singing the Lion King together? Um, and that might sound a little woo, woo, but like very practically, this looks like, you know, I host daily, I've hosted like daily meditations where we get up and I call it best morning ever. And we dance for two minutes. We do a guided meditation. That's about five minutes. And then we just share, yo, one through 10. How are you feeling? I call it a vibe yeah. check. And it's super practical, super easy. And 
what you see is there's people that are feeling a one, two, or three for a week. And then they come back the next week and they're like, I'm an eight, nine, or 10. And you're like, oh shit, you know, somebody else is like going through a cycle. Like, of course. And so it looks very practically like just this shared experience of what it looks like. But ultimately this starts in the music and nightlife scenes of people go to that space to feel safe and to feel seen. But the way it exists right now, the margins on alcohol and the drugs and and that type of thing sort of support this industry, which is okay. I have nothing morally against those things. But as people sort of wake up and realize that perhaps I want a different type of experience, how does nightlife music festivals community look like as with less of that as the model underneath it? And from there, we go to schools, we go to colleges, we go to nursing homes, we go to every single place in the world that says, hey, how do we feel like dancing? How do we use Joe Dispenza and Alan Watts and all the other people that are doing this work and create a mindset where it's not so scary and alone, that we don't have to take acid in the desert to get to that place where we admit that we um, are desperate for connection. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> No, it's amazing. I, what was just coming up was like, okay, I totally bypassed the whole like being single through all of this, which that's a whole other topic of that I see is people are dying for connection. Like we're, we're literally dying for connection. Like, Like we really need another way to connect. We need different ways to date because the, you know, people are exhausted with the dating culture And I think just the, yeah, just more outlets for community and connecting with like-minded humans. That's what we need. Yes. And I want to give credit to, you know, there's so many people that are working to, you know, to do this. And like, I mean, even like there's so many people trying to start dating apps and trying to start communities and like working through these things. And ultimately like, you know, in our gut instincts, people want what they want, right? And they're making decisions, but yes, oftentimes based on superficial things or quick things, right? And like, we can't ignore that those are there. And again, this is where like my, I don't fully have solutions on the back end of it. But so what's coming to mind to me right now, right? It's like, I'm, you know, I, I I do want to talk about this. I have not really dated in about 10 years. And great. So here, what are you doing on a, on a relationship podcast? Um, I am really grateful for amazing friend groups and experiences that I have had that for me, in my mind, and this might change as I spend more time in sobriety, for me, that's really what I wanted and preferred. Like I was mm-hmm. seeking out And I now realize a little bit pulling back the thing is like having one person to invest in me. Why can't I have 20, you know? And like, there's a little bit of me that like always wanted like that bigger group because I was too insecure to trust my intimacy to one person. Right. I think that's definitely something that I really been trying to work through therapy, but like I was listening, I think it was Jay Shetty was talking yesterday. I heard something there is that we've really, emphasize this romantic idea of love and put this on a pedestal. It was like, that is the ultimate validation of who you are. But actually, if you look at the wisdom traditions of, you know, all of, whether it's Buddhism or or all of these different types of traditions, the greatest love is the love for our community and the love for the platonic love that we show each other as friends and other humans. And, you know, I, yeah, I think yeah, I think one of the reasons that that perhaps I, you know, have been ultra ult, have been ultra resistant to relationships or to do those types of, and listen, and okay, also anyone who's listened. So, I'm a openly happily gay man, grew up in the Midwest. There's some toxic masculinity stuff <laughs> that I always have to unpack in in that world that I think I had fears around. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I've always just been a lot more interested in what does friendship and community and leaning on each other in these groups, what does that mean for us? And Mm -hmm. I, I believe that there's still a lot for me to learn 
but having these conversations and like being just honest about this for myself, I hope inspires other people to look more closely at not just finding love in one other person, but like building a community of friends and people around you and showing up for those people that, uh, yeah, maybe don't have anything to offer for you sexually or intimacy wise, but how does that help build you and, and put you into a place that then you are open and available for other types of connections as well? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes back to the, the root of how do you want to feel connecting to your joy and your intentions? And then everyone, every single person's journey is going to be totally different. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't yes. matter if, if you want a relationship, it doesn't matter if you just want community, but it's really back to your internal state how are you truly living your best life and yeah connecting to your highest self in some way yes yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's deep work it's a, it's a, like are you exhausted are you tired are you just like wired all the time like i'm curious even this is my favorite thing to do i love these conversations like this yeah but it does tire me out a little bit. I have teachers and coaches and people in my life that have trained and how to relax. Um, I'm grateful for my whoop, <laughs> not, not an ad, but whoop is yeah. basically a, wear a wearable that you have that you wear and for so long. Again, I, I'm definitely a people pleaser type person and I would exhaust myself because I found value in doing the most. I'm a do the most type of person. I was president of everything in my um, mm -hmm. high school. I play cello. I'm a, I teach yoga. I'm a music, you know, music, I've, I've worked 10 careers. I have five different jobs. I'm like always doing the most. Yeah. And I think I found a lot of validation in that. And yet when I've simplified down and just like had one thing or one thing, like one area, I don't, it doesn't make me happy. <laughs> it really doesn't. You know, I like being stimulated and busy and able to experience the most that I can in this world. And, but giving myself time to relax and unwind. I though sorry, back to the whoop, like this prioritizes <laughs> sleep, you know, like I used to try to get like 20,000 steps a day and try to get as much strain. And this gives me little green dots and numbers. It was like sleep seven and a half hours. Yeah, you know, and if I start with that, then I can come here and have energy to 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 talk and to move with you. I taught you. I taught hot yoga this morning. Um, I'm gonna go out and do some recordings on the Venice Boardwalk later, right? But giving myself, yeah, permission to enjoy myself. A party, a party is not always high stimulation. It means to enjoy oneself, and sometimes, yeah, that means vegging out with. Um, one of my favorite TV shows on a Sunday afternoon as well. Mm -hmm. How do you, yeah. How do you recover and, you know, find your moments of recovery nowadays? I'm really in the, in a phase of intentional rest and, pro and slowing down. I was going to ask you if you know your human design. What I are, do, you, so I've, I've got to remember that I'm you? a manifesting generator. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say like, yeah, you you have the energy. <laughs> I'm a pro I'm a projector, and I'm learning a lot more about what that even means. And it's very like, yeah, my energy is very limited, and I'm really working on getting into alignment with that. So that's it's fascinating how we're all really just wired and designed differently. Yes. Um. But yeah, it seems like you're like really thriving and doing what you are designed to do. Yes. Uh, I'd say the biggest lesson though of the past year, especially the sobriety is, and this comes back to the affirmations, right? Like I would write down, I will be earning, you know, X amount per month. And I'd write this down and I chanted in the mirror. And the more that I did that, the more scarcity came into my life, the more, you know, like I wasn't able to show up as that kind of a person. Mm -hmm. And as I've surrendered and like let go and no matter what your relationship to whatever your 
spirit, a higher power meditation. This is as I seek guidance and more daily inspiration around those things. And I literally like, I have a practice right now where I write down in the morning, I have a hand and I higher power. What am I supposed to do? I just write that out until I get an answer. And then I just do that thing. And this sounds might sound insane if you're used to like planning things out and being very meticulous. And I, I, I have, I've done all the crazy apps and productivity and stuff like that. But the more that I try to hold on to those things, the less productive I am. Yeah. So being more centered in what am I supposed to do today? I, somebody gave me this kind of a thing. I preserve my energy for the highest good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I write that down and that allows me to, again, it comes back to, you know, these intentions that we were setting around our social life is, you know, I'm not three months in the future. I'm not six months in the future of this is what my life has to look like. Yeah. Um, because when I get in that space, I get anxious. I self-sabotage. One other final thing, <laughs> so much knowledge in the world, but the viral <laughs> TikTok going around about, you know, one of the reasons we self-sabotage is to give us the illusion that we're in control of our pain or something like that. And I noticed that a lot of as soon as I get really close to something, that's why I would go on benders. That's why I would go on these things is like, oh, I'm still having these feelings of not being enough. And as soon, I'm like doing really well, but like I'm still having this feeling. I need to give myself a reason to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I have this little thing every morning. I rate myself one through 10. How am I feeling? I do this vibe check. And I just know that if I'm having eight nines or tens, for a couple of days, even a week in a row, I know that I'm going to be dipping down into the other side and it, it doesn't have to have a reason. It mm-hmm. just is the flow of what happens. Yeah. And allowing myself permission to be more in that flow allows me to show up uh, better for clients, better for a bunch of fun stuff that's happening in my life that I I wish I could even talk about, but like, you know, my dream has always been like film and TV and things like that. And a bunch of those things have been, have just dropped in my lap over the past yeah. like month and a half. I'm being approved. Wow. I was like, what? I came to LA, like wanted to knock down doors. Like I'm a writer, I'm a director. Like I had written all these pl- uh, pilots and scripts and I was going to go out and do it. And instead I became a party boy addict. And now I like let all that stuff go. And pretty soon my email and phone starts blowing up with people like, yo, we saw your TikTok. Like this party coach thing is really interesting. Like, do you want to come? I was like, yes. <laughs> you know? So for anyone that's out there listening to that, like, I think there's a lot of great information out there about persistence. I want to be clear. Persistence is the key, right? Like lots of days that I have not wanted to continue posting cringe stuff on the internet about being a party coach, you know, and I'm sure you deal with this as, as stuff. It's like, it's, yeah. I was like, Ugh, I know I'm going to get four <laughs> likes on this. And I know that like, this is not like, but my best self, but I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be honest about what this is. And through that persistence, stuff just starts to show up, but not demanding the results and not being attached to the results as you're moving through the cringe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So relatable. <laughs> so relate to that. Yeah. It's the, it's like the compounded effort. And some days you're like, Oh, where is this going? Like, but you have, you feel there's no other option, but to keep moving forward, pushing through, like you have a bigger mission that you're clearly connected to. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone out there that is thinking that and like, oh, what's my mission? What am I attached to? I'll offer this to you. I spent many years as a college admissions consultant. And I would work with 17 to 18-year-olds who are applying to elite colleges and fam and you know, old families would pay me a ton of money to help these kids find their passions. And mm-hmm. some of them knew, but most of them didn't. But this was always what the exercise I would do for them is like, you know, you, you don't have to have a, you don't have to have your passion. All you need is like something you're curious about for the next 24 hours. 
and speak to me about what that is. Like, what is, what is the one, like, what's the thing that like, and maybe that's video games, maybe it's whatever it is, but then, okay, if it's a video game you're playing, what about that? Is it the graphics? Is it the story? Is it being with your friends? Okay, let's go a level deeper. What about that storyline really compelled you? Oh, cool. Have you heard, like, this is actually based off of this play that was like, and so just dive in deeper and like, you don't need to figure out again in 10 years down the future, what interests you right now? And then yeah. dive deep into that, that thing. And so if you're listening to this, you're like, what am I supposed to post tomorrow? What am I supposed to do into this thing? Find what interests you in the last 24 hours and just dive deeper into that thing. And maybe that sustains you for one day and you find a new one tomorrow. But very often, as you start to dive deeper, that will start to sustain you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I That's pretty much what I've been doing with this podcast is yeah. like, what book am I just eating up this week and I just kind of put my own spin on it um I can't plan that far ahead of, I don't yeah. know how, what I'm going to be interested in a month from now so yeah exactly love, love it so how can people find you and connect with you and get to know you more amazing well Sarah I just had such a joy going deep on all this stuff with you and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok Evan under slash Cudworth. Um, if you also search the party coach or party coach, it will bring that stuff up as well there too. Uh, there's always an evolving community that I'm building. Um, so I have a Patreon and I have a discord. I have things like that, that if you want to connect there too, but what I'm really most excited about sort of through this summer, really building this idea of this feel like dancing community, which is, it will be an iOS app, but it's all built around this idea of how do we have the best time possible? And I've built courses that are like best wedding possible best morning possible, best rave possible. And this is just simple intention setting around practical tools about how you build that irrefutable evidence that you are enough, that you belong in these spaces, that no matter what you choose to use or consume, that you can create joy in your life and you deserve it in all these social situations. That is what you can expect every time you interact with the party coach. I love it. I'm so into it. This is, it's genius. Like I have so many light bulbs going. (laughs) It's so good. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and being open and vulnerable. And yeah, I feel like we just had an amazing conversation. So thank you again. And we have to connect in LA. Um, I'll have to come down there soon. Please. I'd love to have you. Yeah. We're hosting events all the time here. The coolest thing is, there are people like you and I, like so many people have broken free from, you know, what was our corporate or whatever life before and are doing this type of work. And there's an audience for it. And there is, there are people community building and having these conversations that as we continue to like reach out with each other, like I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. You know, I hear talk to a lot of people that are full out doomsday prepping and I get it, <laughs> but like, I just see so much joy and hope yeah. um, that's that's existing in the world right now. So keep keep moving through this. Keep having these conversations, you know, these deep connection um, and relationships that you're exploring. Like it's it touches all those areas of our life that are really important. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Um, well, thank you again. And thank you all for listening. And you can connect with Evan. Um, I will leave his links in the show notes so he'll be easy to find so we'll talk next week bye thank you thanks Sarah